0: welcome everyone. We are continuing our study of Simha. We are class number eight. Last week we spoke about recognizing good. We said that the only way a person really can say confidently that they are a person who appreciates what they get in life, is when they show the one that they got from that they want to give back. Sometimes it's as simple as a thank you, of course, a sincere one. And if the person needs you for something, It would mean to step up and to do something for that person, to reciprocate. This is the only way that a person can say honestly that they appreciate what they're getting in their life. Because as we mentioned last week, it's an automatic. If you know you got something for free, automatically, you're going to want to give back. There's something that's going to be burning inside of you to do something for that person. You don't have to work on that. So if we're not giving back and we're not having that fire inside to reciprocate, it must mean that we don't really recognize and appreciate that we're getting something for free. If this is the formula, then the greatest appreciation that we must feel and therefore the greatest give back that we need to have in our lives is obviously to our Creator because He gave us life for free, undeserving. He continues to give us. For most of us, we have decent health. If we had parents, that's a tremendous gift. If we had normal parents, that's even a bigger gift. If we were able to have friends, a community, if we got married, if we had children, if they were healthy, if we had more than one, if we're still breathing every day, if we're not connected to machines to help us in our daily life, I mean, we can obviously continue on and on. So we, have a not a fire inside of us we should have a bonfire inside of us that's asking and begging what can I give back what can I do these are the words actually and the feelings of David Amelech when he says the words Ma Ashiv Lashem. Hashem, what can I give you? What can I repay? What do you need? Call tagmulohi alai. So many. Gifts that you gave me and continue to give me. I can't live with myself like this. Ma'ashiv, what can I give back to you? How do I repay you? This question. obviously has no answer because what can I pay the Creator of the world? What can I give him? Anything I would give him, he would have to give it to me first, so then What can I possibly give him that he needs? He doesn't need anything. He doesn't even need a smile. He doesn't even need a thank you. What can a little creation of God actually accomplish by thanking his creator? Imagine a little ant said thank you to you. How good would you feel how special would you come home? Say, wow, well, you know the ant. They said hello to me. So special. You wouldn't even care. In contrast to our creator, we're much less than ant. An ant would be a, a very big upgrade. So David Amelach is frustrated. Ma ashiv. I have a burning fire in me that I need to give back, but I don't know what to give back. Now, if me and you don't have that fire, if you're not asking that question, if you're not living with that frustration, it only means one thing and you'll forgive me, because I'm talking to myself also. It just means that we don't have hakarat to means. If you say, no, really, I'm very appreciative of whatever God gives me. So where's your fire? You ever ask Maashiv Lasha? Did you ever ask what can I give back? No, I never asked that. Oh, you never asked that? So your actions disprove your words. You could say, I appreciate all day long. But if you're not asking, ma'ashiv? If you're not asking, what can I give back? Then that shows that you really don't appreciate. Because they come together. If you really knew and understood how much you're getting and you appreciated it, then you would want to give back. You have no choice. Ma Ashiv Lashem. Ma Ashiv Lashem is the question that every human should be asking himself, and it's not a question you ask once a day. It's not a question you ask twice a day. It's not on the weekends. And it's not only the holidays. And it's on Hanukkah or Pesah. It's a question that lives with you. It's a fire that burns because you never stop getting. And you're so frustrated about yesterday's gifts, which you couldn't repay, And all of a sudden you're getting more gifts. And you just can't handle it anymore. And in truth, this is the purpose of life. This point that I just describe to you this feeling that we're supposed to have is the very purpose of our creation which means if we don't have it it's a disappointment in our entire reality of existence the Gemara says on a pasuk in Tehillim Yomam, Yetzave Adonai Hasdon. During the daytime, Hashem is busy, Kav He's busy doing kindness. He's busy feeding the world. That's a very big undertaking. Eight billion humans. Trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of animals. Each one with its own diet, each one with its own recipe, and each one with its tools of how to get it. The world is producing every day enough to feed an unbelievable amount of lives. he's giving not only food he's giving energy he's giving heat, light he's giving air and oxygen he's giving so many different pleasures all day long what's Hashem involved in? if you say Hashem what do you do all day? Says, your mom says, David all day long is busy giving. Okay, so what does he do at night? Now, of course, there's no day and night by Hashem's standard. It just means for us to understand the daytime is when we work, and the nighttime is when we enjoy our work it's like a person who in the, is in the day of his lives of his life that's when he's working when they're 20 30 40 50. and then there's the night when they're older and they get to see if they accomplished what they accomplished so your mom means Hashem's work is in doing kindness Ubalayla. Meaning when, when he settles down, when he looks back and says, oh, how was my day? Was it a good day today? Did I accomplish? Hashem is looking to see if he accomplished. Well, of course he accomplished. He did kindness all day long. But that's not really the goal. Believe it or not. So what is the goal? Ubalayla. He wants to see if he accomplished. So what is it that he's using as a measuring stick to see if he accomplished? Shiro Imi. If he sees that Davida Melech's song, if the song excuse me, of Hashem is with David Melech, Shiro Imi, then that would be a success. Let me say it to you in other words. It means that the whole purpose of the kindness that Hashem does for all of us is not just to do kindness for us. That's also kindness. But the ultimate goal of why Hashem does kindness for all of us, if you ever ask, why did Hashem do so much for me? Why? Why? I'm not deserving. Like, what are you doing for me? So one might say, because Hashem loves to do kindness, which is true. But there is really a much bigger goal than just Hashem giving kindness. And that is that we start to sing. What does it mean when someone is singing to Hashem? It means that they're so happy, they're so appreciative, and maybe there's nothing that they can do. But at the very least, they could just write poetry. They could sing music from the heart of thank you, of I can't believe what you're doing for me. I can't believe what you're doing for my family. I can't believe what you're doing for humanity. You're so special. You ever see a person write a note to his mother after 50 years and they really write it from the heart? You know what kind of song they all put together? Every word, every line, every beat brings out another beautiful feeling inside of them. How does Hashem know if His kindness was successful? Because kindness is not the end goal. The end goal is producing something special out of that kindness. And that special production is called mankind. Mankind doing what? It's mankind singing. It's giving back. That's when Hashem knows he's successful. When he sees David Melech writing poetry and singing away and thanking Hashem and he can't stop He says, success, my hesed didn't go as a waste. Because if all we did is enjoy God's kindness, so maybe in our world we wouldn't call it a waste. We would say, it's great. What do you mean? We enjoyed Hashem's kindness. We enjoyed the money He gave us. We enjoyed the pleasure He gave us. That's great. That's because our eyes may see very small, if we had our eyes open like Hashem, you would realize that getting pleasure from the kindness He gave us is the smallest benefit. The greatest benefit is that you now have a reason to sing to Hashem and a reason to thank Hashem. So, your mom yet Hashem, has done. Hashem is busy, very busy, sending kindness into this world. And then Balaila he wants to see, knew how to go. Was my kindness successful? What happened? And he could only say yes when he sees a David Melech writing songs and singing from his lib out of happiness and appreciation to his Creator. So important is this ending that it says in the Torah right in the beginning of Bereshit after Hashem created the world the Torah reports all the trees of the fields There were nothing on the ground. Imagine looking at a world and there's not one tree. The seeds were there. The potential was there. But there were no trees. And all the herbs of the field didn't grow. Now remember, Hashem created a mature world just like he created a mature human. He created mature elephants and mature tigers. But yet when it came to the trees and to the herbs, there was nothing there. They were all there on the ground, but nothing actually grew. Why not? What happened to these trees? Why? They weren't also mature like the elephant says the pasuk you know why adonai elohim al because hashem didn't send rain yet to the earth so says rashi u lohim tir so why didn't he send rain? That's not an answer. You know why there are no trees? Because there's no rain. So why is there no rain? The Pasuk says, you know what is there's no rain? <speaking in> because <Hebrew> there's no Adam yet. Hashem didn't make Adam. <speaking in Hebrew> says Rashi, So what? There is no Adam. So what? Why can't it rain when you're not home? What, what's the big deal? Says Rashi, if there's no Adam then en makir betovatam shel keshamim. there's no one to appreciate rain so you read this Rashi and say so why can't it rain if nobody can appreciate it what does one have to do the other let it rain and yes nobody will appreciate it so what The answer is that the whole purpose of kindness that Hashem sends us is that we can appreciate it. And to the point that we can't appreciate it because we're not there, then there's no purpose to sending the kindness. It's not like we think that we have kindness and therefore we have to thank Hashem. It's not like that. The whole purpose of Hashem's kindness is that we should say thank you. And if there's no man to say thank you, then there's no purpose for the kindness. <inaudible> the pasuk says, Hashem did not send rain. Why? <inaudible> Who's going to appreciate the rain? Who's going to sing for the rain? There's no lila for that. There's no purpose for that. Hashem doesn't do purposeless things. If there's kindness, there's a purpose. The purpose is shiro'imi. <inaudible> Now we understand what David el-Melech says, fortunate, the greatest fortune there is in life. The greatest level of a human there is in life. There is nothing higher than this. Who, Who is that? Those who live in your home. I don't think it means you have to live in shul. And I don't think it means you have to live in the Bet Hamidrash. Maybe it just means that you understand you're living in Hashem's home, because this whole world is His home. It's betecha. Just not many of us realize that. We think it's our home. I think it's our streets. It's our thing. Our refrigerator. It's our food. But fortunate is the one who's yoshve betecha, who when they come home and say, "Ah, oh, wow." Hashem let me live in his house. I'm on the street. He let me walk in the street. Fortunate are those who understand that we're living in Hashem's kindness. And what do those people do? How do we know if there is such a person? How do you know if you're that person? Are you that person that walks into your house and says, wow, Hashem let me live in his house? Imagine you go away and somebody says, you know, I have a beautiful home, three-story, ocean front, beautiful, just built, and I want you to have it for the next two weeks. Really? Yeah, just for you. What would you, what would you do? How do you know if you are that ashre, if you're that fortunate person, Adi which means you don't stop saying thanks. You don't stop. Odd more. More yahalelucha. More thank you. No, no, but I said I said thank you yesterday. No. Odd. No. But I said thank you this morning. I don't know. No. There's no end. You can't stop. That's the fortunate person. That's the greatest of a person. Non stop. Morning, afternoon, night. Says David Amalek. I have no time. I don't like make time during the day. Okay, this is the time where I say thank you, Tasha. It's not like that. It means it's always that time. I gotta find time to do other things. His song, His song, my hakarat hatov is always in my mouth. That's all I talk about. That's what the Malachim do all day. I don't know what a Malachim looks like. They're supposed to be godly creations of perfection. Not to their credit. To Hashem's credit. He made them perfect. What do Malachim do? All day Long. It's all they do. Tamid. All day long they're talking about the greatness of their Creator. That's what Abidah Milch continues on and on. Hallelujah. 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 Hallel. That's why Sefer is so special. Sefer Tehillim is not a book when you have problems, you start reading it. Unfortunately, it got to that point for some people that whenever someone gets sick, then we start saying Tehillim. To the point that people think Tehillim is like some sort of sigula for the It is. But it's so much bigger than that. Tehillim is the purpose of life. Tehillim, not the words, not opening the Tehillim and just reading. The expressions that we're supposed to be saying from our hearts, those words are meant to remind us of what we should be doing. Hallelujah. Thank Hashem. Says David, el-Melech. Hallelujah. You know why you should thank Hashem? Zemerah Elohim. Tov means... This is perfect. You become a great, perfect person when you just keep saying thank you to Hashem. Na'im means it's sweet. It's so appropriate to live a life of song. It's so beautiful. That's what song was created for. Because song and music can express feelings that words can never reach. Says David Al Kina'im. It's sweet to thank your mother. It's sweet to write poetry about someone that you love. Kina'im It's not a chore, it's not a burden. Oh, I gotta say it again. No, 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 no. you missed the boat. Kina'im. If you really have hakaratatov, and recognize that you're getting everything for free, it's your pleasure to sing. It's your pleasure to thank. It's your pleasure to give back. So many small things, just everything that we think is small is so big. Just drinking a cup of water, If we were truly appreciated, that the water is clean. That's a big deal. That the water turns into blood. That the water is a very large percentage of our body. Our brain, seventy percent water. Water feeds every limb in our body. Our brain needs it, our eyes need it. When you drink water, every part of your body wants it. I need it, my skin needs it. My whole life is dependent on a cup of water. If you really see that, you make a beracha with tears coming down your eyes. You don't. Oh, do I have to make a berachot? They said I went to class, and the rabbi said I have to make berachot. Okay, so let me be religious now. I'm going to go make berachot. That is so not the point. You really missed the boat. Berachot are supposed to come from this desire of ma'ashiv l'Hashem. And you can't rely on other people for this. The rabbi can't lead you in this. Your parents can't do it for you. Your husband can't do it. Say, my husband is very good, he always goes to sure. It doesn't help. You know, in the Hazara, when we repeat the Amida, we have the Amida. we all say quietly, and then we repeat the Amida. That was meant for people who don't know how to pray. So we repeat the Amida for them. So even if everyone knows how to pray, we say it anyway. There's a value to the Hazara. But it's interesting. The entire Hazara, we just answer Amen, Amen, Amen. He says the Bilacha, we listen, Amen. But there's only one part in that Amida that the Hazan say, says that we don't say Amen we actually start saying it with Him. Modim. When we come to thank Hashem, we don't wait for the Hazan to say it and then we say Amen like every other Beracha. Here, you got to say it. Because when it comes to thanks, you can't make a Shaliyah. You can't make a messenger. People can't do it for you. It's got to come from within you. Everyone's got to say modim. And then you open up the Midrash in the beginning of the Torah. And if you didn't come to this class and you read this Midrash, you'd be saying, something is wrong. The Midrash is explaining the words, Bereshit bara Elohim. The way we always translated those words is in the beginning, Hashem created. But the word Bereshit actually grammatically doesn't mean that. The right word for in the beginning is "barishona." The word Reshit is always used as introducing something like Reshit Deganecha the beginning of your crops, you have to give to the Gohen. Reshit Shana, the beginning of the year. You can't say Bereshit, you can't, you can't say that. You can't say the beginning of Hashem created, does that doesn't make sense? So the Midrash says that the Pasuk is hinting to something, Yes, we translated it in the beginning. But the way it's written, it's meant to give something much more than just to say, here's what happened in the beginning. Bereshit, says the Midrash, means bishvil, because of reshit. Bara Elohim. You know why Hashem made the world? I'm not just telling you Hashem made it in the beginning. I'm telling you why He made it. You know why Hashem made the world? You know why? Bishvil Reshit. Because of Reshit. Who is Reshit? Says the Midrash, Reshit is referring to the mitzvah of Bikurim. When the Jewish farmer in Eretz Yisrael brings his first fruits, he takes them, travels to the Bet HaMikdash, to give it to the Kohen. It's called the mitzvah, Bikurim, give your first fruits. And over there he comes to the Beta HaMikdash and he says what we say on Lil Pesach, the whole Haggadah, by the way, is basically a translation of the words that the Jewish farmer says when he gets to the Bet HaMikdash. These are all words written in the Torah that are said by the Jewish farmer bringing his Bikurim. You don't just come and bring the Bikurim. You have to say why you're there, how you appreciate your history, how you got here, the land that Hashem gave you. Says the Midrash, Bereshit Bishvil Rashit. You know why the world was created? For the mitzvah of Bikurim. And someone reads this and says, what? Bikurim, it's one of the 613 mitzvot. The Torah, the world, excuse me, was created just for the mitzvah of Bikurim. We don't even have Bikurim today. We haven't had Bikurim for 2,000 years. So the last 2,000 years, there's been no purpose for existence. The only purpose, Bishvil Bikurim. That's why the Torah was created. That's the Midrash says. Bishvil Mitzvat Bikurim because Bikurim is called Reshit. Reshit Bikurei Admatechan. Of course, it's shocking to see such a Midrash. But Baruch Hashem, with today's introduction, we got it. Yes, the whole purpose of creation is that you and I should bring Bikurim. Bikurim doesn't have to be only the first fruits. Those first fruits were just a sign of a man who wanted to give back. That's the entire purpose of the creation. Is that people would have hakaratatov to their creator. It could be by Bikurim, it could be by. Anything else? What do I mean by that? By anything else? What's my bikureen today? What should I give Hashem? Tell me. I also have David Amel's question. Ma Ashiv I also have the same question. Yeah, Hashem, what can I give you? Guess what? This question, Ma Ashiv Lashem? Is supposed to be the question that the Torah is coming to answer. What do I mean by that? It means the right way to really have Torah in our lives, the right way is that we should go to a class like this, hopefully when we're younger, like when we're 12 or 13, and we should be completely convinced Ma'ashiv Hashem and you should walk out of here saying and you should have this question for a day or two or three or a week or a month and then comes the answer Hashem says you know something you want to give me something I appreciate your song it's very nice I really appreciate that that's great. The thank you you said yesterday for the water—that's I really appreciate that. But you want to thank me more? Here are the things that I want you to do. You yeah, really? What? What okay, can I do? go right, on! on. Okay, I'm ready. If you didn't ask Ma'ashi before you got the Torah. So, you never really got the Torah. Someone threw a Torah on your head, but you never really understood that the Torah is an answer to your question. Promise you never asked the question. And all of a sudden they gave us these obligations. What do we need this for? Shabbat, for what? Kashrut, why? Nida, for what reason? Tzenehut, I don't get it. I gotta pray three times. Why? For what? And every time you turn the page, another obligation, another thing. What's going on here? Another item, another And every obligation you feel, more weight on your shoulders. And at some point you feel like, I feel like I'm getting choked. Everywhere I go, every turn I have, I have another obligation. Don't do this, don't go here, don't eat that, do that, give this. I can't so much. That's because we never asked the question. If we felt ma'ashiv l'Hashem, if we really had those feelings, each page would be, wow, I have another way to thank my creator. You really would appreciate it if I kept you up Really? You like it? That's my gift to you. I'm in. You really would like if I don't eat cheeseburgers? That, that really would make you happy? I'm in. I'm not doing that. You really want me to dress like that? I'm in. You really like it when I don't put on shatmes? I don't know why, but you like it? I'm in. You like when I love my brother? You like when I treat him with Ahava. For sure, watch this. You like when I honor my parents? It makes you happy when I honor my parents? I can give you kibu Of course, right now. I'm ready. And as you turn the pages, you are saying, wow. Like, I want to thank you all day, but how much could I sing? Probably when you heard the beginning of the class, you're saying, what's, what's wrong? What, what? I'm going to sing all day. All you have to look like, what, all day I'm going to sing? You're right, it gets frustrating. How long could you sing? You're going to lose your voice after a while. And all of a sudden, Hashem's in the night. You know what? Every step of the way, whatever you're doing, you could thank me. You could thank me on Sundays and on Mondays and on Shabbat too. Friday, wow, you really would like it if I separated Halal? Wow, I'm in. I can't wait to give that to you. That's so special. You like when I prepare for Shabbat? You like that? You really like that, Hashem? I'm in! You like when I make Hiddush? I can't wait to make Hiddush. Can't wait. I don't know what I'm saying, but I can't wait to make Hiddush. Because I know that's what you want. I can't wait to thank you. Tell me more. What else can I do? What else can I do that would make you happy? Really, the Torah. And all of its mitzvot is an answer to a huge question that every human should be so frustrated from asking. Ma'ashiv l'Hashem, what can I give you? I want to thank you for yesterday, but already you gave me more before I even thanked you. I have no words, what am I supposed to do? I can't take it anymore. That's what happens when you have hakaratato. You can't take it anymore. Comes the creator of the world and says, Here, yeah, you want to thank me? Take this. Everything that's in there, I would really appreciate it if you did that. See a person who's suffering, needs money? I really would appreciate your help, Emerson. On and on and on. This is actually going to explain a few difficulties. We find in Masechet Berachot, it says, Haaretz, sorry, Ladonai Haaretz Umloah. Pasuk says in Teilim, everything in this earth belongs to Hashem. Ve Haaretz Natan Livne Adam. And the earth he gave to people. The Gemara says, Which is it? Is it ours or is it his? It says, Ha Shamayim, yeah. Lashem? i no, sorry, Lashem Haaretz Umloah. Hashem, all his, the whole world, whatever is in it, it's his. And Then it says he gave us. Says the Gemara, make up your mind. Is it Hashem's world, or is it our world? Did he give it to us, or is it his? Says the Gemara, la kasha, it's not a problem. bracha, bracha. Before you say thank you, before you give a bracha, it belongs to Hashem. After you say bracha, it's yours. Nice. Good. Now we know what brachot is. If you eat something, that's a bracha. So basically, you're stealing. Because the world doesn't belong to you. And the only reason why Hashem gave you something is to make a bracha. A bracha is not a side point. The whole purpose of Him giving you the food is that you should make a bracha. To show your hakarat atov, Nice, that's one Gemara. Let's shelve it for a moment. Another Gemara. The Gemara says, also on Berachot. The Gemara says, that once we find, degani be'ito. the Torah calls the produce, Dagan, wheat, barley, calls it Degani. Degani means, mine. It's my wheat. But then another pasuk says, asafta You should gather your grain, your wheat. So the Gemara says, wait, is it Hashem's wheat? Or is it my wheat? So what should be the answer? We already know the answer. We should say, one is before the Beracha, one's after the Beracha. That's what I'm waiting to see. But the Gemara says something else comes the Gemara and says, Lak Not a problem. Let me explain to you. When you're doing Retzon Hashem, when you are fulfilling the mitzvot of the Torah, it's called the It's yours. If you're not committed to the mitzvot of the Torah, then it's the gane, then it's mine. And we sit here and say, One second. Which Gemara is right? One Gemara says, you know what it becomes mine? When I make a bracha. One Gemara says, you know what it becomes mine? When I commit to the Torah and to the mitzvot. Which one is it? And the answer is, it's the same. Because doing the mitzvot is a bracha. When you do the mitzvah that Hashem told you, that's a bracha. That's your thank you. When I keep Shabbat, that's my thank you. When I raise my children the right way, that's my thank you. That is a beracha. It's one and the same. The Gemara and Masechet Shabbat so hard to understand. Famous Gemara, you all know the Gemara. When the goy came to Hillel and says he wants to convert al regelahad, he wants to learn the whole Torah al He'll Convert on condition you teach him the entire Torah on one foot. What it takes people hundred years, he wants to know it on one regal ahad. So, of course, Shammai, when he went to Shammai, he told him, I'm sorry, it's not possible. He told him, No problem, come, I'll teach you. A regal ahad? Yes, regal ahad. What is it? He told him, Amarlo, De alakhsane. What you don't like done to you, lehavrach lo ta'avid, don't do to your friend. Now Rashi over there gives two explanations. Who is this havrach? Before that though, then he tells him, after you do this, after you know this principle, whatever you don't like done to you, don't do to your friend. Zohi kol kula. Could you imagine that? That's the entire Torah. But you might ask me, but there's so many more pages. What do you mean? There's all pages here. It's not end. There's, no, there's no end. Look at all these books. What do you mean it's the whole Torah? The whole Torah is what you don't like done to you, don't do to your friend. How could that be the whole Torah? What about the rest? He told them, the and the rest, all the books that you see around this room, and many more like them, it's just an explanation. Now go learn. But you already learned the Torah. Now, who is this Havrach? So Rashi gives two explanations. First explanation is Havrach is referring to Hashem. What we don't like done to you, don't do to your friend. Who's your friend? Hashem is your friend. He's been your friend from birth. He's your greatest friend. Not only is your friend, he's been your father's friend and your mother's friend and your grandparents' friend. The second explanation is your friend means another Jew. But I ask you whether it's the first explanation or second explanation. What does this mean? How could keeping Shabbat be an explanation of don't do to your friend what you don't like done to yourself? How could that be? What does Shadnez have to do with what you don't like done to you, don't do to others. How could that be the explanation? What does that mean? But according to what we're saying today, it's, it's it's simple, it's obvious. When you do a big favor to someone, just the other day, I was with somebody, a very kind person. Maybe I mentioned it last week. Such a kind person. And I told them, hurt what you do and you help people and you help this and you help that. He does things for people. He's a beautiful guy. He said, I gotta tell you. Like he started opening up to me. He says, sometimes I feel so bad. He says, I do something for people. You know, I never get a thank you. I never get a letter, something. He says, I still want to do it, but I it hurts. When you do something for somebody, go out of your way. Don't you want them to thank you? Of course you do. It hurts when you work and you work and work and not even recognize. <laughs> don't do that to your Creator. Don't do that. And the rest of the Torah is an explanation of how not to do that. The rest of the Torah is an explanation how to have hakarat The second explanation, the same thing. When you treat people hakarat then you understand that this is the way you're supposed to be not only with people, with Hashem, of course, it's kalba The rest is explanation. Hakaratatov is the purpose of life. Bereshit. Bishvil Reshit. Because of hakaratatov, That's why Hashem created the world and that's why He gives us and continues to give us with hopes that Balayla, when everything is settled, shiro'imi. He sees His song with us. Now you're probably wondering, as I would be. That's why I'm gonna talk about it. I tried to imagine what you would be thinking right now. And if I was you, this is what I would be thinking. Why does Hashem care about my haqanataza? What does it matter to him? We're saying the whole world and all the kindness, everything. Is because he's waiting for your thank you whether it's the words you say the mitzvot that you keep the averot you stay away from that's all he wants from you and someone might ask why does Hashem care so much about my thank you or my Shabbat or my bracha or my tziniot why does he care about my kiddo so much? What am I giving him? That's all he wants. You know, on human standards, we can understand it. because we're needy. We need somebody to tell us thank you. We need it. But to a perfect creator, what does he care? Why does he need it? That's what I would be asking if I was you. And the answer is that he doesn't need it. So why does he want it? You know, there are two types of people. Hashem created this world really for one purpose. It's to give us the biggest gift and the biggest gift he can give us is that we should become like him because the greatest existence there is and the only real existence there is is Hashem himself. He created a world where he gave us the tools Salem Elohim were an image of him. He gave us the tools to be just like Him, to have His midot, His midah of kindness, His midah of patience, His midah of emet of truth, His midah of compassion. All the beauty of Hashem. He gave us the same tools to be. Able to become just like him. That's why he made us. Now, the greatest example, perhaps, of Hashem in our lives, if someone would ask anybody on the street. So, you know God? Yeah, I know there's a God. Tell me what you know about him. What do you know about him? I don't know how much they would know if they're not learned but there's something everyone can know you don't have to be so smart or so learned or even so Jewish I know one thing about the creator of this world one thing about him I know is that he's very kind how do I know he's very kind? open your eyes he made me, he made you kindness kindness He made not only wheat, but barley also. Not only do we have grains, but we have spices too. We could eat bread dry. No, but wouldn't it be better with tomato sauce? And if there's cheese, even better. How about that spice? Oh, yeah. How about the sweet one? Oh, I love the sweet one. The sour? Love those too. How about the blue fruits yeah we we'll love those and the red ones? ah oh, it's a gorgeous world out there So many pleasures that we could have lived without And all day long, kindness, 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 kindness. one thing I know about the Creator is a lot of hassan, a lot of kindness. That means the essence of the Creator is he's a giver. The opposite of a creator, if you don't, what's the opposite of Selim Elkin? The opposite is a taker, a selfish person. The purpose of creation is to make us, that we should elevate ourselves to be godly. And to become godly, you gotta be a giver. You gotta give. In the beginning of our existence, all with this take, 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 take. That's how we start. Because we need to build ourselves. But we're supposed to leave this world as givers. You know, giving and taking isn't always demonstrated by the direction of the arm. If I ask you, who's a giver? You say, look, the guy giving, he moved his arm forward. And who's a taker? The one who took and moved his arm towards himself. It's not like that. It's not always like that. A person can actually give and be a taker. A person giving out pizza pies at the pizza store may look like a giver, Look at that, he's giving people food all day long. All day, he wakes up in the morning and sweats and works just to give people pizza all day long. Now a person watching him says, wow, what a giver. But then when you learn more about it, you might say otherwise. Because really he's not a giver, usually. He really wants money. That's what he wants. That's the truth. But he knows people aren't going to give him money for, for no reason. So he has to give them pizza to get money. So while his direction is moving forward to his friend to give something, in reality he's involved in taking. We can do a lot of things that look like giving, but they're actually taking. They're investing. When you give money to an investment banker, you're not giving him money. You try to take money. We can be involved in acts of kindness and all we're doing is really taking. How can I be involved in kindness and be taking? Simple. Because I'm thinking to myself, you know, I got to open my home so people could use it. Because one day, I'm going to need someone to vouch for me. My daughter needs to get married one day. I need a shiduch, And they're going to say, you know this did, guy? You know who he is? Oh yeah, you don't know? He opened his house? You don't know. Every time there's a He's there. Wow, well, that's kind. Okay. I need to build my name. Maybe I'm going to need a partner in business. I need a good name. I'm thinking about my children. I'm thinking about myself. So yeah, I'm doing kindness, but could be I'm trying to get something out of my kindness. I just gave a million dollars to charity. Oh, what kindness! Oh, maybe not. Maybe I'm trying to buy a name for myself. Maybe I want the it. I want the honor. Or maybe I want reward in Olam Haba. Yes. yes, getting reward in Olam Haba, doing things for Olam Haba, is that called giving or taking? doing a mitzvah so I can have olam haba means you're taking and some of you might say oh so why would I do that? what does that mean? there's no olam haba? I didn't say that oh there's no reward? I didn't say that oh there's reward there's Allah Mabbah, of, of course there is. Knowing there's Allah doesn't mean that you're off. But doing things because you want Allah Mabbah means you're not a giver. Giving charity because you want to get more money, like Hashem promised, means you're a taker. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, it just means you're not a giver. So I'm just giving you examples of how a person could be giving, doing, sweating, and meanwhile, every act is really taking. By the way, sometimes taking could be giving. Because when somebody gives me something, I don't like to take. But I know it would mean so much to them if I accepted their gift. So I take it. That's called giving, even though I took. So giving and taking is not always measured by the direction of your arms. So how would one ever know if they're a giver or a taker? Right now you should all be sitting there thinking, oh no. Here I thought that I'm this giver, and now I'm realizing, wow. I'm as selfish as can be. I just take, take, take. And even when I give, I'm just taking. And you're probably saying he's right, if you're honest. That's what you should be feeling now. How can someone know if they're really givers or takers? Now, to be a giver is godliness. Godliness purpose of life, to be like Hashem. To be a taker is the exact opposite. How does one know if they're a giver or a taker? Well, before this class you said, well, what do you mean? I give charity, giver. I help people, giver. I give advice, giver. Open my house, giver. But now you learn that not necessarily so. So how do I know? How do I know if I'm truly a giver? The answer is, the best test, perhaps, to know if you're a giver or taker, is your level of hakarat tov to those who give you. Number one, you're creative. Why is that a measurement? I'll tell you why. Because a selfish person, when they get something, they feel, what do I mean? Of course I'm supposed to get it. The whole world is mine. Did are not giving me enough. You only got me a $30,000 car. Are you kidding? I'm supposed to get a $100,000 car. I only got this gift from you after all I've done? That's all I got? A person who's a taker when they get something, they don't feel a need to uh, give back. It's like someone gave you money back that you lent them. Oh, thank you so much! I really appreciate the kindness you did for me. You're so kind. You paid me. You gave me the no my money. A selfish person looks at everything as theirs, coming to them, entitled. That's why many of us and many of our children don't really say thank you because they don't feel they got something. They did you a favor that they ate your food. You're so lucky to have them in your house. You're privileged to serve them. That's right. When a little kid eats his mother's dinner, he wants a prize. You're lucky. I ate your food. I'm not exaggerating. That's what they think. A selfish person really believes them. There's no hakara tatov from a taker. A giver, because they're a giver, when someone gives them for free, they can't handle it. They don't like it. So they have this urge, this fire to give back. I don't want to owe. I can keep taking. The same way we don't like to beg. Have someone give us money. Give me dinner tonight, please, please give me a dollar. let them feel good. A giver doesn't like to take. sonem matanoti Says shalom if you love gifts, if you love taking, you're not alive. You're alive, you're breathing, but you're not alive. You're not godly. But if you hate gifts, doesn't mean you shouldn't accept gifts, but if you hate giving things, feel free, you don't like it. You're alive. And when you are a giver and you get something, you have to give back, you can't deal with it. So really what could be I'm not saying it's a hundred percent proof but it's much better than any other gauge if you're a giver or a taker is your hakarat because if you're a giver you need to give back the purpose of this creation of this world why Hashem made us is that we should become like Him meaning we should become givers of the highest caliber. Why is it that Hashem wants our thank you in so many different ways? He doesn't want our thank you. He wants us to be matzliah. He wants us to be successful. The happiness Kav Yachol Hashem has when we give Him back is not what we're giving Him. The happiness comes from seeing us turning into givers because we're giving back. Because when you give back, that means you're a giver. Hashem says, I would love to see you keep Shabbat. I would love it. What's he getting out of my Shabbat? It's the same when you tell your children. Say thank you to mommy. And someone might ask you, what do you care if they say thank you to you? You'll probably say, I don't really need to thank you. But they need to thank you. They need to become people of quality. And by the way, what's interesting is that in this process that Hashem set up, this is not an accident. Hashem set up a world. He set up this world that we will get kindness from Him and we will know about it. You know, a rock doesn't know it's getting kindness from the Creator. Not capable. But Hashem made us capable of realizing what He gives us. And the whole plan is that we should reciprocate to give back. But just so happens to be, just so happens to be, that the things that he gives us to do for him as a hakaratatov happen to be all the things that we need to become a perfect human. I give you a mashal, a child. Is not doing well in school at all. Doesn't behave, doesn't learn. Lazy. Disaster. He's 16, his father sees this is the end of the line. Got one more year, two more years, and that's it. Guy got nothing. The way he looks going out into the world, I can't imagine. What's he going to do? How's he getting married, this guy? How's he going to have a job? How's he going to be a quality person? Frustrated as can be the father for 15, 16 years every time he brings the report card he wants to sit shiva on the report card every time he goes to school to meet with the parent, with the teachers it's another headache he comes up with an idea he tells the sons it's September you have a year now I really need you to do well You have to be on time. You have to work hard. You got to do well in school. You got to behave. You got to respect people. I want to see an A plus report card. And guess what? If you bring me back in June an A plus report card, I will buy you a car. The one that you love. See it really, Dad? Buy me a car? Yeah. Just give me an A plus revolver. It's all I want from you. The kid's excited. He needs the car. He starts going to school. He's on time. He's doing his work. He's paying attention. His friends look at him and say, What happened to you? Are you okay? Something wrong? Someone's sick? Is this you? And they're waiting for this to wear off, and it's not wearing off. You never saw a more responsible, respectful, solid in every way. Somebody pulls them over if they a month. What happened to you? Are you okay? He says, "Yo, will try to tell you. It's hard for me. But I got to make my father happy. Got to get father happy. For what? He'll give me a car. He told me he'll be so happy with me. He'll be so happy. He'll buy me a car. Okay. Make my father happy and give me a car. It's a win-win. And the whole year this kid is working, working. He's thinking how he didn't make his father so happy. Oh. And finally comes June and an A-plus card. He can't wait to show his father. To give his father the card. To give him the a plus he doesn't dad here it is it's for you and the father sees you broke and he starts to cry he says, oh, i'm so happy as a kid he thinks he made his father happy what does the father need as your poker? on Do you think his father cares about the a plus what does he care If he's on time, responsible, respectful, learned something, what does he care? What did he get out of it? Nothing. No, he did get something. He got a beautiful son. Because the father knows what the son doesn't. The father knows that those things are going to make his son a quality human being. So the son is doing it for his father. And his father makes it like, do it for me, do it for me, do me a favor. Because you're too immature to understand that you should do it for you. So do it for me. You owe me, don't you? You're my son, you owe me, right? Do it for me. But in the end, he's doing it for him. It's exactly what happens in the setup of Torah and Mitzvah's we're supposed to be asking what can I give you Hashem Hashem says you know something do me a favor give me Shabbat give me Torah give me Mitzvot give it to me why does Hashem need it he doesn't but we're not smart enough or mature enough to understand that Shabbat is for me not for him but because we're not understanding, we got to do it out of hakaratatom. We well, Hashem, is for you. I'm doing it for you. That's all we're capable of. We're capable of hakaratato, Doing it for Him. And what brings Hashem some happiness? When He sees, not that we're giving Him. Not because He's getting from us. When He sees His children accomplished when he sees the Shabbat has done more for us, way more than it's done for God. Every mitzvah Hashem is for us. Again, we're not smart enough to understand. So he says, do it for me. This is the purpose of the entire creation is that we should graduate with hakarat some people here were bothered before when I said oh you're doing mitzvot for olam haba you're doing what Hashem said for reward in the next world uh uh take her you guys were like really uh uh I thought that was like the pat what do you mean no, no. the Mishnah says in don't be like those people who serve their master because they're looking for a reward serve Hashem without expecting a reward doesn't mean you can't know there's a reward but don't do it for that reason and some people might ask and say so then why would I do it if there's no Allah abat for what I'm doing what would I do what does that mean of course I have to wrong wrong I give you a mashallah and with this I end a 50 year old mother calls a 30 year old son and says to him son I need your help I have a doctor's appointment. It's around the corner. And I can't get out of my house. There's six feet of snow. Could you please just come and dig me out? And the son says, of course, mom. I'll be right over. But wait. How much are you going to pay me? <laughs> what would you say about that, son? I said, Oof disgust? What? That's disgust. Are you kidding? Did you just ask your mother how much you're going to pay him? Now your mother might pay you, but that, you're you're doing it because she's going to pay you? Now what's wrong with that? Why can't the son ask how much you're going to pay me? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with it is that you owe the book of records shows that you owe your mother like a rooms full of volumes and you haven't paid even 0.000% of what you owe. And now your mother asks, now you're asking, what can I get? What well, you're all paid up. It's ugly to ask for a reward from someone who you owe so much to. The creator of the world is giving me everything. Everything. Every day. My obligation, the records show that I haven't done almost anything to pay back. And now he says, do something. And that's it. what are you going to give me? I did give you. I didn't give you anything yet. I didn't give you anything. What kind of what kind of question is that? Now, of course, people who are on crutches because they can't walk, they have no choice. Some people are not understanding, you know, mature enough to understand that you owe so much. You should do it because Hashem told you it's an obligation. That's why serving Hashem out of obligation is the greatest service of Hashem. Doing mitzvot because you like them is not the greatest service of Hashem. God keeps Shabbat. doesn't? How how is the Shabbat? Oh, I love Shabbat. I love it. I love it. It's nice to love Shabbat. But don't keep Shabbat because you love it. Keep Shabbat because you have to. Because you owe your Creator to keep Shabbat. It doesn't matter if you love it, you don't have to love it. You don't have to love to give charity, but you have to give it. Because you created told you. It's nice to love it too, but that's not why you should do it. Our rabbis tell us someone who does mitzvot out of obligation, because they command it, is greater who does it voluntarily. Because when you do it voluntarily, maybe because you love it. You enjoy it. Don't do it for that reason. Do it out of obligation. You don't have to love to learn, but you have to learn. You don't have to love tzini'ut. You know, in America, we speak the American language. Even rabbis have to. We see a person in the crowd, and we say, oh, tzini'ut, it's so special. You're going to love it. You're going to love the way you feel. You're going to love the way you look. You're going to love everything around it. You. You're going to love it. Shabbat, nothing like Shabbat. It's beautiful to keep Shabbat. The sweetness of Torah, nothing like learning Torah. That's how we talk rabbis in America. We have no choice. Because we're talking to people since they were born. They've had groups running after them to sell them cereal, that's perfect for you. Your cereal has been jumping into your bowl since you were two years old. It's coming to you on a slide, just to make you happy. Vacation's for you. Everything is for you. And the rabbi comes and says, listen, you're obligated. What, you crazy? I don't do those things. My whole life I only do things because it's for me. It's all about me. So in America, we have to talk American language. We have to say it's really beautiful. And it is beautiful. I'm not lying. It is beautiful. But in reality, if you wanted to admit, if we didn't have to live in such a country, in such an environment, the right way, is we would get up and say, guys, it doesn't matter if you like it. You could hate it. It doesn't make a difference. You're obligated. You have an obligation. And you got to pay your bills. You like paying your bills? No. But you have to. It's a world of obligation. When you do out of obligation, you're a greater person than when you do it voluntarily. Because voluntarily, you do it for yourself. Because you like it. When you add an obligation, you do it because you're a giver, and you need to give back. Hakaratatov brings a person to become a servant of Hashem. You become an Eved Hashem. That's what the Halot of Allah says. What does it mean to be a servant of Hashem? Hashem needs servants. He needs a butler. What does he need? Of course not what was servant of Hashem means that you're saying, I'm ready to serve because I need to give back. What can I do? That's what it means to be an Evan Hashem. That is the highest level of a human being. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu became. An Evan Hashem, a person who understood and felt Ma'ashiv and lived his life with that mindset. We're talking about simha. Simha can only come with hakaratata. can only come when you realize how much good you have in life. And you can only know that you appreciate what you have in life when the fire burns in you to give back. And there's no one more to give back to than the creator of the world. And there's no greater accomplishment in this world when we give back from obligation to our Creator. Baruch Anayi Leulam. Amen v'Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. Thank you